If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Are you ready for another episode of Us Doing Mediocre? I'm James. <laughs> At every hole is a goal. My name is Keen. Welcome to Sissy That Pod, the RuPaul Drag Race Reaction Podcast on the Heads of Podcast Network. We have a diva in our midst this week. Oh my god. We have the queen diva of the the, the Drag Race UK queendom, I think it is safe to say. We're, we're chatting to Cheryl Hole because she is currently on Celebs on the Farm. It's on MTV at the moment. Uh, it will be finishing on Friday, so it's not too late to watch if you haven't watched it yet. And I would say that it is, it's worth watching. It's enjoyable. I've, I enjoyed it. I have, like, have, I've, I've gone up and down with it. I was kind of like, I had trouble getting into the concept initially. But then when I sort of, I don't know, the vibe it gives, this, like, strong vibe mm. it gives is you're kind of, watching a like a work team going for like an off-site team building event and like yeah. they're like they're kind of doing like trust built trust exercises and sort of you know like team building things and and you know like the whole concept is a bit weird but the personalities i feel just make it and so it's a different feel like they haven't pitted people against each other it's sort of a nice yeah. everyone's really politely laughing and getting on and that's quite nice yeah that's exactly it there's no there's no like there's no like there's no sort of stakes for in it you know what i mean like you know there's yeah. no kind of you know no one's needing to like screw another person over to stay on the farm another day they're all just there mm. you know <clears throat> using birth simulations for cows or like cleaning out a pond or you know building a chicken yeah. coop and the cast is great full of like reality tv stalwarts your queen carrie Katona Katona on in it. there lady c in there duncan james in there you know like got that bit of eye candy from malik and um and harry you know like you've got it all so we're going to jump into a chat with Cheryl on this. Now, silly me, I missed recording the first four minutes. So we're actually going to jump into where we left off mm. uh, before I realised we weren't recording. Yeah. So we're going to be chatting about Kerry Katona. That's the way it is. So welcome to Sistepod for the first time. The Queen, the High Empress Diva, Cheryl Hull. Spice Bags is a podcast about food in Ireland from an international perspective. I'm May, I'm an American food writer, and I'm with my friends Blanca, a chef from Spain, and Dee, an Irish food editrix. And we are the Spice Bags, three sassy ladies with a lot to dish up. Join us for the chats. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us. I know we've just done this, but I forgot to press record. <laughs> so we'll let the listeners in behind the magic. Um, when I interrupt you there, you were talking about being on Celebs on the Farm. James and I have been watching it nightly. It's really, really great. And we I just asked you, how much of an icon is Kerry Katona in real life? I have to level with you. Kerry Katona is top tier icon. Like She has been through so many hardships in her life. She's been through so so many ups and the downs and what I hate is the British tabloids just love to rag and really bring somebody down but this girl does not let anything phase her and she is in such a good place and to see her and experience this experience with her at her best and her happiest is so great and I just 
I'm so grateful that the whole world is getting to see mm-hmm. the Kerry Katona that we we love and adore. Because she just seems like such a free spirit. And like even the way she takes, like you see it on her, her Instagram and everything, the way she will like take the piss out of herself. And like, was it like a, a year or two ago herself and Jordan did this like real funny kind of like Instagram birthday moment together where kind of like they were pretending they were enemies. And it's just, it's nice to see those women who spent the entirety of their youth being, not that they're old, but the entirety of their kind of like formative years being like used as like target practice by yeah. the tabloids, just being able to turn around and be like, you know what, we're going to have a bit of a laugh with this. We're just going to enjoy this kind of time. And like, y- you see Kerry even on the show kind of taking the piss out of herself, referring to her OnlyFans, kind of how much money she and It just is so funny to watch. Yeah, it's brilliant. A self-deprecating diva is an absolute diva in my heart because I do the same. Yeah. It's just like you say it first, and then it, you can't phase nothing can phase you. Like yeah. that's that's yeah. what I think because if you if you could say the joke first, then people are like, oh, I don't need to make the joke. So it's like two fingers up at you and saying, I'm not yeah. fussed, I'm not phased, and like she is just so funny and she's so quick as well with everything mm-hmm. that she's got to say. So of the, the people who were on the, the show with you, did you, did you like know any of them beforehand or was it all like new, like all new kind of new first impressions for you? Yeah, so I only knew Duncan. Mm-hmm. So I, okay. I had met Dunkey. I call him Dunkey because he's my he's, he's, <laughs> he's my TV boyfriend. That's what we call each other. Um, we we met in the summer when we were doing a couple of like outdoor socially distanced gigs because we play by the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, we just clicked straight away, and it was just so coincidental that we both got the call for this show, and we were texting each other like. Are you going to do it? I'm going to do it. Are you going to do it? So I knew going straight into it that I wasn't having to like build new bridges and relationships from the get go. But like, you watch people like Lady C on TV and Holly from Geordie Shore. Like, you know these people, but you don't know them. Yeah. So it was just so bizarre meeting them. But on day one, the casting team for the show were incredible because they knew the dynamic would work so well and we all just clicked straight away mm-hmm. and there was there was no like real awkwardness like you sometimes you're like so um where did you grow up like there was none of that we were just <laughs> straight in there with the jokes the banter the laughs and everybody was ready to get stuck in like yeah. on shows like celebs on the farm and i'm a celeb there's always one that they cast where they're like Mm. like Jillian Jillian McKeithen about but (laughs) none of us were like that we were just like let's do it even even when Holly was like scared of the animals like I'm not an animal person at all like Mm. I used to be petrified of dogs till the age of about 15 yeah me too yeah (laughs) but I had never been chased in my life it was my brother that got chased at Highlands Park when we were two years old not me (laughs) (laughs) the trauma kicked on to me but like even even then I was like look let's feed these calves let's milk these cows let's do this because you went in for a feel of that that ram's balls you were like I'm intrigued to see what these feel like I'm not gonna lie to you if there's a testicle involved I'm there (laughs) On a human, I'm not in speciality. <laughs> Just for clarification. <laughs> you had the like 
I suppose that you you had the added like the addition of, of doing some of the days there like in drag. I'm assuming just makeup, like you weren't you weren't wearing body and all that as well underneath there. But that uh, sometimes itself, when the, you rocked up in the Baywatch, that there was oh, well, that's the Baywatch, it. obviously. But yeah. That additional like discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> that additional discomfort on top of like having to do quite physical, like quite physically demanding things and the heat that wigs create. Like that like is a whole extra level of pressure. What did you why did you why did you do choose to do that when you could have just been Luke? <laughs> here's here's the thing is they said to me, look, we're we're happy for you to do moments of the show in drag, but if it works for you to be out of drag most of the time, then that's fine. And I was like, because obviously you've got to have calls with them beforehand, just make sure you know what's going down. And obviously I had this extra level because of the drag that I had to prepare for. Um, I bought a load of stuff with me that was like practical farmer drag. And, but I also Did you have a lot of practical drag. farmer drag? <laughs> let me just open my practical farmer drag wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, let me just pull that. Girl, I'm a Stina Mandela. It was from ASOS. <laughs> <laughs> I did next day delivery. I've got premiere. But... <laughs> but I went into the first day like, look, let's just see how it is. Like, I got wigs made beforehand that was everything up off my face. So I didn't have to worry about like hair, like dangling around my face during challenges and stuff. So I, I thought about the practicality of it. And then when I got down to it, I was like, actually it's not that bad like the only hardship was waking up at 5 30 in the morning to slap my face on and i couldn't have breakfast but i normally <laughs> skip breakfast anyway yeah like through do, it having to do your your makeup quietly in the corner while kerry katona was snoring away in the caravan of course oh yeah she'd she'd wake up and go what's that bright light and i'm like don't go towards the light kerry whatever you do <laughs> even though it was just my ring light <laughs> Um, yeah, I have to say the first thing I texted James when I started watching was like, drag really loses its illusion when it's like in the middle of a field with wellies on. You know, it just didn't didn't really go. <laughs> I tried my best to keep it up. I trust <laughs> me. Anyway, there is an episode coming up. Like, I'm not sure when this episode is going to go out, but there is an episode coming up where I do all the challenges in high whore drag. Just, oh. just get ready for that. Oh, exciting. <laughs> that is exciting. <laughs> yeah. And I loved that the, the death drop got, got a few outings as well in the middle of a barn as well, you know. <laughs> just just those those trademark <laughs> just, Cheryl movements. It, it needed to be in there. Out. Yeah, exactly. it just comes out. <laughs> Duncan, Duncan was like, teach me how to do it. I was like, not your age, darling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Olympian, was Harry is his name? He had a go. He jumped up right after you when you were staying in that room. He's more flexible than I am. And I'm, I should bloody hope so. <laughs> yeah, that'd be it, I suppose. I did think it was... So we're recording this Tuesday. On Monday's episode, Montana got the boot. Um, but she said something at the end, which I thought was really interesting. Like She said that uh, you had taught her a lot about the queer community and what she could be doing better. Do you know what she was referring to? There was a lot of times when we would have downtime, say over lunch or when we were traveling in cars, like when we went to do the milking challenge um, at the the milk factory, we were in the car for an hour to go to there. So we were sat in the car having a conversation and we were talking about the trans community. We're talking about non-binaries because lots, lots of people hear these conversations happen. They hear the likes of Piers Morgan 
trashing the community and not shining positivity and the facts. Like I had a conversation with Linda Robson and Lady C about how trans men do have periods because they haven't fully transitioned yet. Transitioning takes a very long time. Some people can't even afford to get the testosterone and the tablets and the stuff to help them transition. So of course, trans men are going to have periods Mm -hmm. because they haven't had the help and support to transition. And when I leveled with them, because there's no point barking at people because all you'll get back is a bite. You have to be calm. You have to explain and you have to level with them that they can understand. Because I think a lot of people, especially on Loose Women, they don't get the right people on to have these conversations. They get people on to have a debate and rile people up and get people debating instead of having a conversation. So it was, I left this show and my biggest accomplishment was not any of the farming. It was the conversations and the information that I provided to my classmates about the transgender community, about being non-binary, about the struggles that the LGBTQ community faces, because a lot of them only see the surface on the the main media. They don't know the real struggles and what's going on. And that's really important because those people all have platforms like Montana saying that and going back to, to, to the people that she follows. And if she starts to do more work around that coming up to pride and and being more inclusive around gender identities and explaining kind of what the different gender identities and trans issues are to her followers. That's a whole group of people who wouldn't necessarily get that information hearing it. Cause you are right. Like shows like loose women or Pierce Morgan, they tend to sensationalize things sometimes. So they'll get someone on who is like, has an extremely extreme view and then almost there, there's like the person who is sort of arguing against and feels sensible by the fact that and it, it, it gets confused and the waters get muddied. Exactly. People like Monroe that go on these shows and debate. She is so eloquent and mm-hmm. she, she's so articulate with everything that she says, but she gets the message across. Yeah. You need you need we need people like Monroe out there discussing yeah. these things. And this is what I love that she can do that for the transgender community. But a lot of people don't see me as like a voice but I am always any opportunity I can trying my best to shine light and information and whatnot like I do I I love working with people like the Terence Higgins Trust and raising awareness of HIV and where we're at to this day and age because a lot of people like even in my family they don't know where we're at with HIV and how you equals you and stuff like that like now when I have these conversations they understand it and I just want to keep having these conversations with people people to then pass it on to the next person and pass on to the next person because loose loose women is a great platform but we need people with the right information to go on there. Like the other day, I was watching Dr. Ranch on um, this morning and he did a live HIV testing and showing how easy it was. That was incredible. Yeah. That was, that's what we need to see. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful in 2021, we're seeing this on television and having conversations and shows like It's a Sin yes absolutely showcasing mm. where we've come because i'm not gonna uh, this is me getting very political but there are a lot 
there are a lot of people in our community that don't even know the struggles that we've had to face to get to here. Mm -hmm. Uh, That kind of level of entitlement, I can't, I can't deal with because you have to know where we've come to know how lucky we are, but the fight is not over. You're, you're talking, you're talking like my exact language. I literally just before we recorded this, I was recording an interview with a man in his seventies. I'm doing a podcast around older LGBT people, which is going to be out later in the year. Amazing. And I was chatting to him about that exact issue, about the fact that there's almost, I think, because particularly for cis white gay men or cis white gay men, <clears throat> there's a sense of we've been included now. So like we can focus on like getting the buffest bod possible, having as much sex as we want with the, you know, whatever other people who look just like us and we can just ignore every other problem and we can pull the ladder up behind us and you can't do that you need voices out there and I think what's really great about say drag race in the last couple of seasons is that there's a real move to use it as a, an educational um, platform and I suppose like you see on your season uh, when Davina was talking about Margaret Thatcher and then this season with um, with Bimini and, and Ginny talking about the non-binary status it just keeps bringing that conversation home to a very broad audience Oh, 100% and like after that episode with Ginny and Bimini, the amount of stories that I was seeing how somebody came out to their parents as non-binary after mm. watching that because they finally understood who they were. And it was it was the other day, um, I was doing an interview and somebody was talking about DragCon. They said, what was the best story? And it was a mum who came up with their, su- their son and she said, thank you. I was like, what are you saying thank you for and she said because because of you my son found confidence in his dancing and his side and he went mum I'm like Cheryl yeah and she went and that's why I love you <laughs> and I it just it just warmed my heart because yeah. I don't I don't care about Instagram followers I don't care how many like calls so-and-so's got 50,000, so-and-so's got 400,000. That's brilliant. If I can change one person's life and bring joy to their life and make Mm -hmm. them feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. my job here is done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even what you were saying before about you don't, even within your family, you don't know, it's quite easy to forget, I find, that you're like, well, I know I'm skipping around my daily life knowing that you doesn't equal you, but you sometimes, I stop them like, well, actually, does my friend from school know? Maybe I'll bring it up in a conversation. And that's kind of how we can spread stuff which will get rid of stigma, such like, you know, going around AIDS and stuff like that. So, yeah, it is important. And I, I found myself having that conversation with my parents around the time It's a Sin was out being like the old question, do you know, like which which do you think is a more deadly illness hiv or diabetes you know and, and you know they all always go hiv when you're like well actually hiv is very very livable now you know and yeah it really changes the perception that like something that you were saying though is kind of thing like being at DragCon, and i suppose you're you don't really care like you, you don't come across as someone who's particularly invested in the number of instagram followers you have or the number of eyes on you but uh, that performance really seems to be something that's important to you how have you gotten on in the last year, more or less, without having the ability to kind of do that, um, like that live performance that you would have been doing so frequently beforehand? Yeah, it was it was such a surreal experience going from being on the road. Like my fiance quit his job and started working with me full time as my touring manager, 
and we'd be traveling from city to city, sleeping in hotels and then just on to the next place. And that's that's what you expect post drag race is to be hustling. Like I'm a hustling diva. You want to book me for a bar mitzvah? I'm there. Like, <laughs> like anybody that wants me, of course I'm going to be there. <laughs> so it was very strange. Like I remember coming out stage at DragCon and it's quite funny because there's not normally performances at DragCon, but us UK queens were like, we want to perform. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't care. Yeah. Get us out on the stage. And I walked out and it was just a sea of people and all round the balcony. I was like, there must be 5,000 people watching this right now. Yeah. Surreal. And to go from moments like that to then going, Hello, green dot on my laptop. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> like, it was bizarre, but I'm a thrifty diva. I will make any situation work. So I've got yeah. my backdrop up. I've got my... <laughs> we, blew, we blew my TV's speaker. Like, we had to buy a new TV because we were playing the music so loud on the TV during my digital shows. <laughs> Obviously, we didn't have a Sonus speaker then. <laughs> we, we were we were playing it through the TV. So, like, my digital show's volume just got quieter and quieter and quieter. People were like, can you, can you turn off the music? We're like, we can't. We've broken the TV. <laughs> but there was, there was something kind of, like, exciting about performing and not seeing anybody's reactions. So, like, you could just be in your element and free and just have fun with it. And, like, I used to enjoy the encores of the digital shows that you could just be like, well, we've got an extra 20 minutes. Who wants to see another number? And just have fun <laughs> with it. Like, I would always do, like, a Q&A in the middle of my shows. And each digital show, I'd go onto Amazon and buy, like, a joke costume to do a costume change. Like, I came out in, like, a fried egg. Uh, when I did the gargoyle one, I came out in a piece of bacon and called it the meat dress. <laughs> like, like, it was just silly things like that. But I don't think people realise how stupid I am. Like, I just love doing silly things, taking the piss and just having fun. So that's all you'll hear on the main feed with Cheryl Hole. If you want to hear some more, we chat about Drag Race, we chat about Divas, we chat about which which lip sync song she'd like to see on Drag Race. All of that is over on our bonus feed to check out. Yep, absolutely. You want and to be fair, just like with celebs on the farm, you want a never-ending stream of Cheryl Hole in your life. So I think yeah, you want. She's the best thing on the show. She really is. Like she's she is mm. by by far the most entertaining. Her and and that's not easy for me to say because I am like a lifelong Kerry Katona stan. <laughs> To us, I'm only really enjoying Carrie Katona through you. Like she says something, and I'm like, oh, it's said James loved that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, Keen, you're not wrong. <laughs> no, I'm not wrong. <laughs> okay, well, we'll chat to you on Friday when we're getting the taste of some more British snatch on Snatch Game season two. Have a nice end of your week. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. 